All right, Bill O'Reilly is here from BillOReilly.com. Welcome, Bill. Very warm welcome, uh, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Uh, My day is off to a great start. Boy, it is. I I tell you, we were relieved. Um, Bill, um, I'm so excited to hear your take on all of the things that have happened, because this has been a big week. Um, But let's start with the latest breaking news of Roger Stone. Can you fill me in on what's happening with Roger Stone? Uh, maybe. But okay. first, I'm just going to concentrate on, on uh, the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go into the enlightenment area now. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay. Thank you. So I don't know anything about Roger Stone. Never met him. Never talked to him. Looks like uh, kind of a crazy guy to me. Yeah. Um, he's got a big tattoo all over his back. Of Nixon. Seven years old. I don't mm. know what that is. Yeah. Um, there should be a limit, by the way, in tattoo parlors if you're over... 28 you can't get one um <laughs> constitutional amendment bill is that how you go, go about that i was really hoping for i was <laughs> i was hoping for a little more enlightenment yeah uh, i'm gonna give you something in enlightenment all right now. okay okay so Mueller, uh when he started investigating this russian collusion allegation he basically have a chart and i know this to be true and there's names on the chart um, it's a flow chart that says Trump campaign, and there's a, you know, maybe 30 names, mm-hmm. maybe 40 yes. on, on the chart. Mm-hmm. And he looked into all of them. He looked into all of these people that were working uh, directly with Donald Trump in some capacity. So that's where you start. So Roger Stone was a gadfly, um, somebody who was around Trump, wanted to curry favor with Trump. Um, advised him on certain things. No, he knew Trump for a long time, and he's so, he's he is the Nixon original dirty trickster. I mean, yeah, he, this, he's this is a guy who has a really a bad consultant, past. A political consultant, right? And there's tons of these p- people, and then they're hired by groups or PACs or whatever, and they and go get this one, find dirt on mm-hmm. that one, do right. whatever you want. But in the in the initial. In the initial uh, thrust of the of the Trump campaign, everybody wanted to curry favor with Donald Trump. Everybody in his organization uh, who wanted to work for him, get on the campaign, they all wanted his attention. That's very important for everybody to understand. Everybody wanted Trump's attention. Not easy to get because his attention spans about 20 seconds. You've got to bring something pretty big to get Donald Trump's attention. So Stone had some kind of uh, relationship with the WikiLeaks crew. Remember mm-hmm. WikiLeaks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the WikiLeaks people hacked in and found out bad stuff about Hillary Clinton and her campaign. Stone was the middleman there talking to WikiLeaks, and they give him gossip. And then he'd run back to the Trump campaign and tell him the gossip. Oh, this is what WikiLeaks hacked in. This is what they're going to have. This is what we're going to see. That's what Stone did. That's who he is. All right? He's the middleman gossip guy. So when the investigation came, uh, when Mueller launched, they brought Stone in and said, were you the middleman gossip guy? Stone goes, no. 
that's why he's indicted. So let me um, let me go here and let me change it slightly uh, onto the media. Now, uh, the media happened to be there at Roger Stone's yeah, house. That was fact, a coincidence. It was. It was good. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I, I we love this. Walking down the street in Florida and, and mm-hmm. the FBI go, hey, we're going to arrest Roger Stone. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the CNN anchor actually said, good job following your gut and being there on this one. Oh, following their gut. Following. They happened to be there with a camera crew. It wow. was the same thing like Flake in the elevator at the Senate when the CNN crew was right behind the fanatical uh, uh, far-left person who was yelling at Flake. She just happened to be there. <laughs> okay. So Mueller, I think somebody in Mueller's uh, crew, probably in the FBI, I, you know, is speculation. This is an enlightenment now. Now I'm into speculation. Now let me go somebody to— the FBI you know, gave somebody a call and said, they're going to be here, so show up. Let me go now to uh, the hat and the smirk. All right, so now we're going over to the Kentucky kids. We're finished with Roger Stone. Yes. Is that okay, Bill? Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? No. All right, good, good, good. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, what do you want me to – what question do you want on the Kentucky kids? You want me to dance? Well, no, here's, here's here's the thing. First of all, is this a story that is beyond the hat? If that kid wasn't wearing the hat, yeah. would we even know this story? No. No, it's all about Trump. Everything's about Trump. Everything. All right. So the kid and his friends are at the pro-life rally because a lot of Catholic school kids go every year. Mm-hmm. All right. So it was a mistake for the kid to wear the hat, by the way. If I had been the, um, and I, as you guys know, I'm a former high school teacher. If I had been the advisor on that uh, trip, I would have said no political paraphernalia because we're here uh, for a moral reason, and we want everyone of every party. Don't know if he wore it to the march. Uh, I mean, and it, they, they, it looked like a new hat, uh, and, you know, you're coming home with a souvenir, I don't know if he yeah, brought the hat or just got the I would have worn it in the context of being at the pro-life demonstration. I, I, if I were the advisor, I would have, I would have advised against that. But that was, that way he was now getting ready to get on the bus. So yes. do you have a yeah. right to wear a hat and not be accused of crimes? Well, I have a constitutional right to wear it, although the advisor being sure, sure. the school, attached to the school could have said, don't wear it. Mm-hmm. And the kid could not have overridden that. But... Mm-hmm. As an American says, he has a right to write whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about what's appropriate, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. and, and why um, I would have, as an advisor, said no, no political stuff. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just here as Catholics, and we're here as Christians in a right-to-life context. We're okay. not doing politics today. All right. All right. So the question, though, is would the press have latched on this and, and viciously attacked these kids had they worn uh, a Joe Biden for president hat? And the answer is absolutely not. Bill, so, if, yeah. if you have, um, I, and, and I've been trying to find an example of this, and we saw it a bit of it. With- yeah, um, and you, I think you have a good, pretty good perspective on it, but let's just advance it a little bit further. Okay. And because everybody knows what happened, you can make up your own mind as a listener. I mean, we saw the video. We know that mm-hmm. the kids were not at fault. We know the media viciously attacked the kids. Uh, and the media may be, oh, well, we're sorry, but they're not really sorry. No, they're not at all. No, the, the, and the NBC interviews show no, they don't they, care at all. Not sorry. I mean, uh, you know, it's like Savannah Guthrie, um, who's not, you know, she's not political fanatic. She takes orders. Yes, right? And yes, her orders were, yes. um, don't be mean, 
but be skeptical. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and don't be skeptical with Nathan Phillips. Is, yeah, the story for the media, and if you read my column, brand new column on BillOReilly.com, the story that the media now is advancing is that, yeah, maybe this wasn't the kid's fault, but anybody, anyone who wears a Trump hat is triggering. There you go. There's the word. Mm-hmm. Triggering. Bad feeling in America. Mm-hmm. So if you have a Trump hat or socks or a bumper sticker, you are a trigger for negativity in America. That is the story. And they're trying, the media is basically trying to set up a scenario where if you don't vote for the Democrat for president, no matter who it is, you're an evil bad person. Well, if you're wearing a Trump hat, you're wearing a Trump t-shirt, you're you've got a Trump 2020 sticker on your car, you are a bad person. You're evil. So yeah, so they are what they're evil doing race. is if you have a Trump sign, Trump 2020 sign in your front yard, you can be attacked because you're obviously a bad person who's just trying to trigger people in the neighborhood. That's right. And and these kids, yeah, we weren't fair. We, the media, weren't fair. But they deserved what they yes. got because they had the hat on. Mm-hmm. So if everybody understands that, if all American voters understand the hatred that is going to be the theme of the next presidential race, it's, it's all about hate, not about the economy anymore, not about China, not about Putin. It's about hate. All right. I'm going to pick it up with Bill O'Reilly where we left off here and also take it to uh, New York um, abortion uh, and the school shooting that happened someplace. School shooting this last week didn't get any coverage whatsoever. I'll pass that by Bill O'Reilly as as well. Coming up in just a second. Bill O'Reilly, let's let's continue down this road just a, a little bit. All right. Uh, we filed for a Freedom of Information Act on uh, Nathan Phillips uh, mm-hmm. and his war record. Um, do you know what he did? Well, he's a Marine, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he was in the Marines. Um, yeah. But uh, he was an infantryman for two days, and then they transferred him, and he became a refrigerator uh, repairman. He was in the a, Marines. In the Marines, he spent his time as a refrigerator mechanic. So, wow. yeah, and then he went AWOL twice. Uh his records show that uh uh the um uh his trial records were not included with our Freedom of Information Act. Uh, uh, request. So I think we have to request for those as well. I'm not sure if we can get those, but he went AWOL two times. He was... Maybe he had frostbite. Uh, well, I, I'm not sure. It is cold in the refrigerator, especially <laughs> yeah. if you're in Nebraska uh, during during the yeah. years after the Vietnam War. They um, responded to you pretty quickly with that uh, FOIA request. You got that stuff fast. Yeah, I know. I was, I was shocked. I didn't They're expect it. It came in that. yesterday. Yeah, you're, they're, they're terrified of you. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, look, I, you know, I don't know who this guy is with the drum. Um, I don't care. 
who he is. Doesn't matter to me who he is. He's out there. He's at a pro-life demonstration with a drum banging it. Okay, I mean, it's not the kind of guy you want to have dinner with. Yeah, no, he was at a he was actually at a Native Americans No Border um, rally. Uh, and then he the segued moment. over to the pro life rally. Yeah, then no, then he just walked over to the boys who were getting onto a bus oh. after the poor, uh, the uh, pro life rally. I mean, the guy is an anti border guy, which is why he went to the kid with the red hat. He was yeah. trying to prove a point: no borders. Okay, so you know there are nuts everywhere, and um, when I see the press. Basically, I think it was the Washington Post, uh, say that it was a Vietnam vet. My first feeling was, I don't believe the Washington Post. Not because the guy couldn't have been a Vietnam vet. It certainly could have. He's at that age. But it's the Washington Post. They don't check anything. Mm-hmm. They're not going to check anything. It's going to, oh, they had a vet. Bang. That puts the narrative he's in a higher plane, so we use it. And then I went, well, we're sorry. Well, how many times are you going to be sorry over there? You know, you got that little Pinocchio thing that you do on everybody else. You know, why don't you do it on yourself? How many retractions are we going to get from the far left press? So Every here's, single but, day we get them now. But here's what concerns me. Um, you had the uh, you had NBC, Washington Post, CBS. You had, you had all of the usual suspects. Oh, and absolutely. at first they reported it. Okay, mistake. Then new information comes out. Uh, and they say, oops, sorry, but they don't retract all of it. They just say, hey, there's uh, new uh, new facts emerge. Well, that's not an apology. New facts emerge. Then they stick with this. They stick with the story, and it is a provable fact on with videotape. And here's, yeah. here's what I want to ask you, Bill. The press has crossed the Rubicon. They have crossed a line now. From where you could say, well, I don't know, you could look at it that way. You could, if I'm going to be really, really generous, you could give them the benefit of the doubt. There is no, there is no other story other than they knowingly are lying. If this is what they're doing today with videotape, what are they not willing to do? Number one, Julius Caesar would have executed everybody in the press by this point. So if we were in the Rubicon, that would have, you know, they would have all been dead. Number two, this is actually a good thing for honest Americans. So this whole thing is good for the country, this Covington High School um, snafu. Because now even the dimmest of us cannot defend the national media any longer. You cannot walk out of your house and go, oh, they're fair. Oh, I believe the New York Times and Washington Post. They're fair. They're giving me the news that I need to make a responsible decision. You can't do that. Nobody can do that. You'll be laughed at. You'll be, I mean, even the far left kooks will laugh at you. Oh, come on. You know they're in our pocket. We have them. So it's, you know, this brought it over. BuzzFeed just set this up. All right, BuzzFeed set it up. Because people paid attention to the kids. Nobody pays attention to BuzzFeed. And by the way, back in Stu, did you know that NBC invested $200 million into BuzzFeed? Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Wow. No, I did no. not know that. They're the biggest backer 
Comcast, the biggest backer of BuzzFeed. All right, uh, back with Bill O'Reilly on so much more to cover coming up in just a moment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. More on Roger Stone and his arrest and what it means for Donald Trump, which I don't think anything right now, um, but it might mean something big for Steve Bannon. Uh, and uh, I think he's going to be the the next one. We'll explain why coming up in uh, in just a second. We're back with Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Um, and Bill, you're a New Yorker. You're a uh, you're a Catholic. Um, and I, I don't think you're a Cuomo supporter <laughs> supporter. Um, but uh, he's uh, uh, Cuomo has gone off the deep end with this new abortion law and the left is lying about it, saying that it doesn't include any reason whatsoever up until birth, which it absolutely does. Uh, sure, it's infanticide, and yes. uh, anybody honest uh, would know it. Um, I've known a Cuomo family, oh, uh, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, decent relationship with Andrew Cuomo. So I'm going to tell you a story I've never told publicly, but now I can tell it because of the, the developments. So about seven years ago, uh, Cardinal Dolan came to me. He's the uh, head of the New York yep. Archdiocese and said uh, they got this pending bill uh, about abortion on demand at any time in Albany. Um, can you talk to uh, Governor Cuomo about it? Uh, maybe it was five years ago. Um, I was in Los Angeles, so um, you know, I said, "Your Eminence, I'll I'll do what I can." Um, but um, you know, I've got to keep it in a professional way. I've got to say to him, "Look, here's the uh, here's the situation, and this is why the cardinal is concerned, and I have to have your permission to do that. I can't do it as a private citizen, even though I I'm against it. He doesn't care what I think." Um, so anyway, I did. I put in a call to uh, the governor, and he did get back to me very promptly, and we had a very nice discussion for about 45 minutes about the bill. And at the end of the discussion, he said, well, let me think about it. I'm, I'm not going to do anything on it now, which he did. Which he did. Now, his argument for the bill was not that he believed it. He didn't. He said he didn't believe in it, <laughs> that he was a good Catholic and uh, uh, I mean, all of that, and mm-hmm. but... You know, his job was not to uh, uh, impose his religion on anyone, and the liberals in New York wanted it. You know, the usual. But mm-hmm. he but he did he did table it um, for a while. And never pushed it. Never really got beyond. But once the Democrats got both chambers of the New York legislature, um, the uh, far left came to him and said, "You're going to do this, or um, we're going to attack you." And of course, you know, Cuomo said, okay, I'm going to do it. And that's what happened. All right. So we have my beef. My beef on it is uh, Cardinal Dolan. Cardinal Dolan should basically be out there in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral saying, look, this is infanticide. Um, You have to have some standards uh, on abortion. You just can't say I'm going to give birth in a week and, I, and I'm panicking because my boyfriend left or my husband left and I don't want the baby, so the baby's going to be terminated. That, that just can't happen in a civilized society, and I think all of your listeners would agree with that. But Dolan doesn't do that. And, and unless you bring moral power to these arguments, you're going to lose it, mm-hmm. particularly in states like California and New York. 
So um, a story that I've never shared. Um, uh, Cuomo called my office about five years ago and wanted to meet with me privately. Um, and uh, the word was that he just wanted to show that, you know, we had uh, a lot of things that we had in common. And I thought it was very weird. And I knew it was because he was wanting to run for president. And I never took the meeting. Um, however, uh, that gave me uh, reason to believe that one of the reasons why he was doing this now was because maybe he wanted to run for president in 2020. But I since uh, have had another thought, and I, uh, this came to me uh, yesterday, Bill. I read a story right after the election, you know, when everybody was like, wow, how did Trump win? And one person said, which I thought was accurate, that Trump won because he could capitalize on the fear of the Supreme Court and conservatives always respond to that. And in in this article, it said it was written by a lefty and it said uh, that's something that the left doesn't do. The right responds to that, but the left doesn't. With Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, in very poor health, we all know that somehow or another, I mean, she's going to retire or she will, you know, pass away here in the next five years. uh, And there will be a very important slot open on the Supreme Court. I think this has been passed in its most radical form to activate the most radical of the left uh, to signal to them that we're your people that will get it done and also to get a court case coming up, bubbling up, so they can make this about Kavanaugh and who else, what other radical white man will drag you back into the cave to overturn this historic women's rights legislation? What are your thoughts? I don't buy that because that bill was there for so long and it just was politically expedient now for Cuomo to do it. He does want to run for president, by the way. Mm-hmm. Cuomo does want to be president. Yes. All right. But he, he's, he's got headwinds in a form of Joe Biden. He can't beat Biden on the moderate track. Uh, yesterday, Biden came out and said he likes Republicans in Michigan. That's the clear signal. Look, I'm not a loon like the rest of my party is. All right. So Cuomo knows he can't beat Biden. If Biden were to say, I'm not going to run a month from now, I think Cuomo may get in. Anyway, um, you have basically essentially a split in the Democratic Party um, between the Democrats who know that the Ocasio-Cortezes and and, and these people are going to ruin the party because Americans are not going to vote for socialism, never, even though the press promotes these people all day long. And it looks like they're mainstream now. They're really not. They're really out there. Okay, and and most Americans aren't going to buy into the government taking your stuff, which is what it comes down to. And the final thing about this thing is that, you know, we live in a country that doesn't really, as I've said many times, I don't want to be boring about it, pursue the truth anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, abortion is the law of the land. It's not going to change. Roe v. Wade's not going to be overturned. But the states, the individual states have a have a right under the Constitution to regulate how a life-ending procedure is executed, put forth. forth. The, The states have the absolute right to do that. And that's what the Democrats don't want. They want the federal government to have a blanket and say, 
you can have abortion for any reason at any time. And that's what Hillary Clinton. That was a big mistake that she made. All right. Um, and that's it. All right. So it's it's you know, if, is that really the kind of society you want? Even even if, in the, even the Western European nations, about as secular and liberal as you get, they don't have that. Is that what you want? Is this what we want here? That's how it has to be framed. It can't be framed as a women's rights thing. This is what they do all day long. And by the way, when I said in, de- in December, you may remember this, that uh, Ginsburg, I don't believe that she's ever going to sit in the court again. Yeah. That's how ill she is. Yes, I know. You saw how I was attacked. Yeah. I was attacked. But Megan McCain on The View. Oh, you're unchristian. Calling me unchristian for what? Reporting the truth? Bill O'Reilly, so let it me... Is, it is a very, very intense issue and a very intense time in this country. Let me ask uh, one last question. This is about the shutdown. If you, if you listen yes. to the press and if you read the polls, the president is really hurting badly from this, this shutdown. Now there's no State of the Union next week. I don't know why he gave on that. I don't know why he just didn't take up Ted Cruz's offer to come to the Senate uh, or just go do something himself on that night. Um, how is this, how's this looking for the president? How is he right. weathering this? As soon as that happened, I was surprised. So I called my contacts who have, uh, very, very close to Donald Trump. Okay. So they say to me, um, we believe that in the long run, Nancy Pelosi refusing to allow the president to give this address is going to hurt the democratic party. That's the conclusion the white house has come to. Short run, Trump lost, no doubt about it. Long run, people are going to remember what a bad person Nancy Pelosi is. They couldn't do a, uh, a venue outside the Capitol, <clears throat> excuse me, because the networks wouldn't cover it, wouldn't get any coverage at all. And even after he gave the address, they gave a rally in, in Texas or Oklahoma, networks wouldn't cover a rally either. Okay, we've got nothing. He could have done it, as I suggested, on the steps of the Capitol. Yes. Okay? Yes. As Abraham Lincoln, U.S. Grant did. Yes. Okay? And he could have said, you know, a little cold out here. A little cold. I'd rather be inside because I should be inside. But we have a fascist House of Representatives leader, uh, and so I'm here. But um, the State of the Union, and then he goes and gives a speech. Yeah. I, okay. I I I agree with you, and I mean I'm I'm so close to uh, I, I mean I'm 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 uh, I'm amazed at how close in some ways Donald Trump is to the tactics just updated for today's uh, world of uh, Ronald Reagan, and in this I could hear him saying, "Ms. Pelosi, build this wall." I mean yeah, it is and I'm it's sure crazy. Use that line. Um, somewhere, somewhere down, but they, the government shut down. Everybody wants it over. All right. Trump wants it over. Everybody wants it over. So I suspect in the next few days, they'll come to some kind of thing where the government will be opened up that that'll probably happen, but the war and it is that, um, goes on. And, um, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, you know, the, the casualties of this war, are the American people, that's, who's getting hurt by this unbelievable hatred that is being fostered by the, uh, by the press. I want to say again, I explain why the American media has fallen apart in a new column, 
on BillOReilly.com. Uh, just a quick headline, 1983, 50 corporations controlled 90% of the national press. 2019, six conglomerates, mm. six control 90% of the press. And believe me, they're organized and they hate Trump. And one more thing, mm-hmm. killing ESS number nine on the New York Times list after four months in the marketplace this coming Sunday. What do we need to do to get it back up there? Bill, we need to get it up to two or three. What do we need to do? Yeah, I mean, um, it's just awareness. It's situational awareness. The mm-hmm. book has got great word of mouth. Yeah. Um, Glenn it, Beck, it, you know, one of my big promotions is Glenn Beck actually read this book. No, it's and it's a, <laughs> and it's a great go, what? No, I've, I've it's got to be great. You know, he I, can read. I've read some of your books and uh, most of your books, actually. And, uh, you know, with Patton, I have the toe tag so I can prove that you're wrong on that one. But on this one, uh, it's it's truly remarkable. Uh, it's a great read. It's one of those things you just won't put down. If you haven't read it, Killing uh, the SS by Bill O'Reilly. It is available now, and I'd love to see it bump back up. Bill, thank you so much. God bless. All right, guys. Talk next week. Thanks, Bill.